Hey everyone, welcome to the Breakthrough Breakdown. In this podcast, we'll be breaking down the sermon from the previous week, diving into theological discussions, and even having some fun. Make sure to join us every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Music, and download our Zion Lutheran Church app for more updates. And with that, we hope you enjoy the Breakthrough Breakdown. This is going to be more of a conversation, and that's really the goal. So I'll direct it with questions. But because we haven't actually heard the message yet, what we're going to be talking primarily about is spiritual warfare, spiritual authority. Yeah, um, definitely. And kind of walking through what does that look like. And then the elements of this, if there are things you want to talk about, please do. It's really an open roundtable conversation. I'll direct it. So if somebody has something they want to say, they'll usually just look at me. But I'm really good about making sure the conversation is happening. So I'll moderate. And, awesome. So, well, hey, uh, we'll, we'll start off. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome. <laughs> this is Jason. Uh, we are here with, and what's your name now? She's new, so. Bethany Noriega. Okay, now, Bethany, where are you from? Iquitos, Peru is where I'm serving, and I've been there 12 years. Originally from Hinkley, Minnesota, Garner, Iowa, okay. lots of places. And now, so you are in, uh, you have a church that we've partnered with for several years now. Yes. And what's the name of that church? Genesis Church. Okay, so now for those who are listening, we record this actually the week before the message. So we haven't had the chance. You're preaching. Right. We don't even know what's going to come out on Sunday. We don't even know what's going to happen yet. So we're approaching this a little bit differently. We're going to have a conversation. So yeah. Jason, Bethany. Megan. And Jennifer. Musical <laughs> form. From now on, everything, everything just has to be sung from now on. Anything you want to say needs to be a musical form. So uh, we're actually continuing in our series, God Is, where we've been exploring the Lord's Prayer as a way of understanding who God is, who God calls us to be, but also God's heart for us. And we are at the end of, well, no, yeah, we're at the end of the Lord's Prayer. Wow. Uh, which we brought in Bethany. Wow. She is in town. Now, why are, why are you in town right now? I mean, normally you're in Peru. Yeah, so we're back. We were supposed to come back, back last summer, but of course, because of COVID and stuff, we've been delayed. So we are back just visiting churches and updating churches and all of, all of those things. Awesome. Now tell us a little bit about your husband, who's the pastor. You're both pastors there, correct? Yes. Okay, now tell us yes. a little bit about, about your husband. So he is the, we're both the founding pastors and there's several. What's his name? Nelton. There we go. <laughs> is that all we need to know? His name is Nelton. And he's no, no, no. Sure, sure a little okay. bit more about him. Yeah, please. So he is, um, like, what do you want to know about him? There's a lot. This could be the entire podcast. Yeah, no, no, well, maybe we'll have him. Maybe we'll have both of you guys on next time you're That'd in town. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, he, he was back with me for a month doing some of the big traveling. And he had to go back last Friday. Or there's going to be some outreach events and things going on at okay. the end of this month. So he's helping get a, getting a lot of that organized and underway. Now, uh, I don't know a whole lot about Peru. Uh, is Peru considered a developing nation, a developed nation? Where are, where are they in the midst they, of Yeah, that? they would consider us still developing. Okay, so and there are parts of the country that have been developed. But where we are, it's definitely even underdeveloped, I would say, in some areas and developing. So second and third world yep, country. Yep, okay. definitely. Um, now tell us, uh, you started the church how long ago? Nine years ago. Nine years ago. Mm -hmm. And we've had Megan. Yes. Megan's actually done quite a bit there and been very supportive. Um, how did your guys' relationship come about? What, what brought Zion and Genesis together? I was looking at, um, where I could take teams, trying to kind of get connected with people. And Mary Graham actually was the one that was like, I know someone that's actually in town. Well, she lives in Peru, but she's here now. And I think you two should meet. And so I reached out to Bethany and said, hey, would you be interested? And um, Nelton actually got to come as well. And I remember 
them saying like years after that fact that he didn't really want to come. <laughs> Neither of us did. It was the last week before we were going home. We were exhausted. And we we're like, here's one more person. Do we do we go or not? Mm-hmm. We we were kind of trying to wiggle out of it, hoping she would like cancel or something. And she No didn't. way. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so we met and um at least I got really excited about potential and future. And I think a few months later I brought down a team. Yeah. And at that point, they were still meeting in their house as a okay. church. And so it has been incredible to each year bring a team and see the growth that is taking place in their church. Wow. They're now at a a huge, like, Morton-style-size building. Um, a what style size? Like Morton, a Morton building. I don't like know what that means. Like a, like a, oh, that oh, is a that a term? A Morton store? Is Morton. That, Morton yeah. building. I've yeah. never, wow. Okay, I'm learning. I'm learning you something new. You actually have Morton houses. There's some that I did not know. That. Okay, I've learned things. Yeah. Okay, is it in the Bible? No. And I wouldn't know it. But it is also a grain of salt. No, I do know grains of salt. I know more than salt. More than salt. But yeah, so they, they've they had really great growth and it's been fun to be a part of that and just serving along with them and to be excited when they're excited and pray when they need prayer. And it's been a great relationship. That's and awesome. We've definitely thought, what would happen if we said no? Because Zion has been such an incredible part of our journey and our growth, um, not only for teams that have come down, but Lucas and Riley and Hannah Bartlett, who's been coming down now, and different people who have come and been more part of like our story than, than the week. But the week ones, I, I, there's not a person that hasn't that has come down that hasn't made a difference down mm. there with us. That's awesome. I know I'm, I'm hopefully going down this ball. Yeah, you so, are. Very excited about that. So now we when we, you and I talked, I had asked you if you would consider preaching on this and you gave the state. And I I actually find the timing of the date. Yes. Because here's what I've discovered. People I know who are in the mission field encounter spiritual warfare in yeah. a very different way. Yeah. Uh, here in America, I think spiritual warfare is not something that we're accustomed to unless you're part of a charismatic church. Uh, we are a Lutheran church. And <laughs> while we believe in the Holy Spirit, sometimes the Holy Spirit's like that weird uncle no one wants to talk about. Oh, man. It's the Father, Son, and the Bible. Yeah, the Holy Scriptures. <laughs> the Holy Scriptures, right? Yep. And uh, and so you actually were tasked, and we I asked you to preach on uh, Deliver Us From Evil. Last okay. week, we talked about Lead Us Not to Temptation, which if you haven't listened to that yet, um, we had a little bit, we had some sound recording issues on Sunday. Okay. So I came in and re-recorded it. And it was actually, I think, a little bit different message than even was on Sunday. Wow. Um, but if you haven't, you can go on and listen to that. And now I asked you to take on the next part of that verse, which those two verses are linked. Wow. Lead us not to temptation, but mm. deliver us from evil, which implies we have an enemy. So let's start off with this. And Jennifer, I want to I want to ask you a question. Okay, so spiritual warfare. When you think about spiritual warfare, what comes to mind for you? Uh, what comes to mind is an unknown force that I don't recognize or awareness of. I would say. And now, were you do, were you raised in a church environment where spiritual warfare was talked about, or was that uh, a little no, bit about that? No, raised very conservatively. Where it, well, actually, my raising was not in the church at all, but as an adult, yeah. just very conservatively. Not didn't really talk about demonic or spiritual warfare or how that affects the life of a believer, even though it's, it is clear in scripture that that occurs um, or that it occurred during the time when the Bible was written, but not that it occurred today. Yeah, absolutely. Now it's interesting because what I want to kind of press into a little bit is tell us when you step into the mission field. Now, my understanding is Genesis is a pretty young church as far as the people. Yeah. Yep. Our, our, the audience is mostly in the members. 
are usually 13 to like 25 years old. Okay. And for the majority of our. So you've got a younger audience. Yes. And, and tell us a little about Peruvian culture. So I know, and I don't want to equate the two because I realize they're very different, but like when I went to Haiti a couple of years ago, um, spirituality in Haiti is all over. They have voodoo churches, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. The conversations, as I said earlier, with people that are in the mission field or in second and developing countries, spirituality is a lot more prevalent. Mm-hmm. Spiritual warfare, um, even those uh, parts of South America, uh, Latin America, where Catholicism is really big. Mm-hmm. Is, tell us a little bit about the spiritual culture of Peru. What's what's happening there? So. In general, Peru, where we're at, is very animistic, was traditionally animistic. So define that, because I'm sure we have people like, what's animism? Yeah. (laughs) I'm raising my hand. (laughs) So it's just very spirit, like everything is run in the spirit world. It's a lot of, um, well, for example, when a baby's born, they put a bracelet on, a red scarlet bracelet to keep the evil spirits away. So everything has to do with pleasing and appeasing the spirit world so that they won't, um, I guess harm you or curse you or or things there was one time when brielle was just a baby and people come who's marielle brielle is my daughter she's nine yes thank you so she uh, was a baby sleeping in just a crib and there was a lady who came around to check our water sources to make sure there were no mosquitoes and you always get just different health people knocking on the door to check out something in your premises so it's developing you know So she came in and she saw Brielle just sleeping with a fan on her and no blanket. And she, she was like, why don't you have a black, a black blanket covering your daughter, your, your infant? And I was very confused by that. But when I asked her more about it, she's like, well, if you don't have a black blanket over her, the evil spirits could get to her. Yeah. And I was like, um, well, we don't believe in that. And she goes, well, oh, yeah. And she kind of laughed it off. Yeah, it is kind of silly, isn't it? But put it on anyway, just in case. Yeah. So it's a lot of superstitions, but a lot of them. They wouldn't just say it's, you know, like, oh, no, baby. They, they live by that. Yeah. And, and the reality is we do believe in a spiritual world. Mm-hmm. We do believe in a literal Satan. And, and I think sometimes within the realm of Christianity, people think of Satan as just, well, evil in the world. No, Satan was a created yeah. angel who re- rebelled from God, was cast out of heaven, has authority over this earth, has free reign. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul calls him in Corinthians. He says he is the little God of this world. And I think some of the, one of the, what happens for us here in America is we're so turned off to the spirit world. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It just means we don't have eyes to see it. Yes. Have you have you had moments? And and we're going to get into this text a little bit. Tell us about some of the spiritual battles that you guys have encountered. How how has the spiritual world actually impacted or affected uh, the ministry and the things that are going on there? And I think this will be big for people to hear because mm. again. Until I went to charismatic churches, I never saw demon possession. Wow. Uh, until I went to a charismatic church, I didn't see people who saw things like oppression, that mm-hmm. there actually was real spiritual warfare going on. So I'd, I'd love to hear some of the stories and things that have taken place for you guys. So you you said we believe in a literal Satan, which is true. And he, he didn't just exist back in Bible times. He still exists. And when he was cast out of heaven, a third of the angels went with him. Yeah. And those are what are now demons that do, that do the work through, throughout the world. And um, just bringing evil. And so one of the, there have been multiple things that we've seen. Um, even just, there's there's different levels of spiritual warfare. Yep. Um, for Christians, a lot of it is oppression. A lot of it is, um, maybe they wouldn't get into the possessions that possessive side. So let's talk about that for a second. Because I for those who aren't familiar, what is the difference between oppression and possession? So 
even in, in oppression, there can be different levels. But oppression would be an outside force. It's not necessarily taking over your body, your soul, your spirit, like we would see in possession, which a lot of people may be familiar with, with horror movies. They think of the exorcist. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. And it's real. That stuff does happen. Um, But the oppressive side can be as much as even suicidal thoughts. It can be a major thing in your thought life. It can be very connected with depression, um, drug addictions, and all of these things can have um, roots in, in the spiritual realm. But also, Oppression can be something as much as a like a dark presence you feel yeah. in your room at night, you feeling pinned down to the bed, um, horrible nightmares, multiple things like that. And and we would say from a Christian perspective, uh, light and dark cannot inhabit the same space. And so I think it's important for people to hear this is that if you are a Christian, if you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, if your faith is in Jesus, your lordship is in Jesus, you cannot be possessed. Right. You can be oppressed, though. And the way that I've heard oppression talk about it's it's picture someone putting a heavy blanket on you. It's mm-hmm. oppressing you. Yeah. Right. It's something that's weighing you. It's a heaviness, right? And so, um, are, have you had specific examples or times where you've had either deliverance dealing with things like oppression in or my possession life or for other people? In other people. Yes. Other people in the church. Yeah, definitely. Um, and some of the things that can bring um, oppression or even possession is just uh, sinful behavior. Yep. Like it opens the door to. To the demon world, but one another thing is just objects can be connected to the spiritual world. And so there was a time when somebody gave me a, a picture that was painted in out of a spiritual vision, a demonic vision that they had. Um, and I was like, well, that's really nice. People like don't give me stuff, so I better keep it. But as soon as they gave it to me, I had a very uneasy feeling about it. Um and I hung it up in my house because I wanted to honor the, or no, I put it in my house. I did not feel comfortable enough to hang it up. But one day I was putting up all these decorations um, and I and I wanted to hang it up. But backing up a little, when that came into the house, I did not realize it at the time. But my oldest daughter, who was three or four at the time, her behavior began being altered tremendously. Mm, yeah. Night terrors. She was waking up. She was screaming. She wanted nothing to do with my husband. Now she is very, all my kids, every time daddy comes home, they're running to the door they're greeting him. There's a celebration. There's a throwing the kids up in the air. And that was not happening. She was running the other way. She wanted nothing to do with him. Uh, one day my sister took her out. My sister was visiting in Peru and took her out for a walk. And she just started going crazy on her bit. My sister, like she doesn't do these things yeah. just totally out of character. So the day I went to put up the picture, I looked at it and I, and I was like, Oh my goodness, when did this come into the house? And when did my daughter's behavior begin to be altered? Uh, and I recognized that it was about the same time. And my dad is has taught me a lot about spiritual warfare. So his his kind of key is when in doubt, throw it out. <laughs> um, don't try to hold on to things that could have a connection. So prayed over it and burnt it. And that that evening when my my daughter at that time was out with my sister again and she came home sleeping. And I said, About what time did she fall asleep? And the time that I burnt it, there was like a breaking over her mm. of of just freedom. And she said, they were, they were just walking through the market. She was kind of being her, you know, just cankerous self. But then at one point she asked my sister to pick her up she, and she fell asleep. Yeah. Then when that night when my husband got home, it was, he walked in the house and she ran all the way down the whole hallway screaming, daddy, daddy. That was like a very real time in my life. That's probably the lightest story I can share. Yeah. I mean, we have, you know, the possession thing. We've had um, teenage girls coming to... To church and stuff and 
they'll be possession where it's a demonic voice speaking through them, mm. yelling things like, she's mine, I'm going to destroy her, don't come any closer to me. Like, But we've always seen freedom and victory through yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, it's this the story, and I want to please ch- chime in at any point with questions or thoughts. Um, my first encounter with a demonic possession, uh, I was at a Baptist church, and a friend of mine was part of what's called a vineyard, a very charismatic mm-hmm. movement. And he calls me, and he goes, this friend, and I won't say her name, not that she's ever going to hear this, but, um, and he goes, oh my gosh, they're, we're doing some deliverance. You need to come down. I'm like 19 years old, wow. and I get there, and she's a tiny, tiny young woman, maybe 19, 20. And all four guys have got her pinned down to the ground and she's like almost shaking loose. And her voice is three octaves lower. It was clear something else. And she is just cursing up a storm. And my friend is like, dude, I mean, this is crazy. They've been praying for, and under my breath, I'm not even by her. And she's just yelling expletives, taking the Lord's name in vain and not by her. I walk in and under my breath and I just go in the name of Jesus, shut up. And literally she goes, she goes, oh. And she just stops talking instantly. Wow. And I was like, this stuff is real. Like, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. had heard about it. Yeah. And my youth pastor talked about it. And, and back in the 90s, there was this book, This Present Darkness mm-hmm. and Piercing the Darkness, which the that books. was the world. That was the world in which I got introduced to it. But here we come into this text where he says, but deliver us from yes. evil. And I think it's the reason why we talk about this and why I ask is some people think it's just referring to evil forces. Deliver us from evil people, which that is part of it. Uh, Jesus was delivered into the hands of evil people. And you and I are part of that. I mean, when we don't have Jesus, we let our sinful nature take over. We're just as guilty of Jesus being crucified as the people actually nailed him to the cross. Mm -hmm. But there is a spiritual world that we must take seriously. Um, When we look at this, and I'd love to hear other people's thoughts on this. How has been, what has been your view of Satan? When you think about him, like for me, it was, I always pictured Bugs Bunny or the cartoons where he's like, you know, a little pitchfork and he's got the horns and he's like an equal with God. He's this red, red demon guy. That was kind of what I was exposed to. But tell me about your guys' thoughts. When you, when you think about the caricature of Satan or the devil, what comes to mind for you? And I'm, I'm curious how this is going to play out. By the way, we don't talk about any of this beforehand. So, um, I think. I was fairly young when the movie uh, The Crucifixion came out, and in that The Crucifixion, uh, what was Passion, of the, Passion, Passion of, the Christ, of the Christ, yeah. Um, and in that movie, Saint is portrayed as a very sneaky, it was a woman, gross, who it. Yeah. yeah, like shady character. Woman, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have not seen that movie. It it was it was impressionable at a young yeah, age, um, and but I think that's always kind of how then I pictured Saint of that sneaky gross uh, evil presence um but my first like encounter with anything was at as a child with nightmares and Mm -hmm. i would pray every night Mm -hmm. that i would not get a nightmare that i would could just sleep through the night um i remember seeing like shadows in my room and just that heavy feeling and hating it um and i don't know if it was at a church event who knows who told me that i could like pray for them to go away Mm -hmm. um i would pray that i didn't get them but i never addressed them Mm -hmm. specifically until one day i guess i had had enough (laughs) and i did and i don't think i'd had a nightmare ever since so it that was a real experience for me but i don't even know i was probably like 10 11 12 when that happened like i didn't ever really associate the two and then you kind of grow up thinking like well 
I don't know, was that real? Like, I don't really see anything anymore. And even going to Peru, I know you've made comments, Bethany, that, um, oh, when the Americans come, like, this stuff doesn't happen. And then I have, like, you know, freshman, sophomore kids that are like, why eyes wide open what's going on um because we just don't see it here for some reason um and i have some and, thoughts on why yeah, that is we'll yeah that, that was one of my questions for bethany i wanted to figure see what your thoughts are on what the discrepancy is or why is there such a difference in what we experience and what we think of or know to be as spiritual warfare well hold, put a pin in that because i want to hear yeah, jennifer's because yeah. this is we're going to get to this because this is good uh so i think for me um there was always an, an equality with God. And I think that's been kind of the biggest thing of, nah, he's not equal to Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that, there's, there's one name, only there's one name, man. and it's not Satan. Yeah. And so I think for me, that was one thing that I really had to, like, you just think there's these equal forces at, at whim, and it, it's not, they're not equal forces at whim. And so, um, is whim a word? I don't think so. So, um, whim? whim's a word. Whim? Yeah, oh, whimsical. W H I M. Perfect. Yeah, okay, I was per- good. Um, <laughs> so I think for me, and now I now I just I do think for sure like a darkness and a heaviness, but I also think there is a um, a deceitfulness of beauty. Like there's some. I think there's, and maybe wow. I'm maybe I'm thinking of something. I can't remember if this is in scripture or not, but I feel like there's something that describes. Saying as beautiful. Angel of light. Yeah. yeah. He's described and, as an angel yeah. of light. And yeah. so the he thing is the highest chair, like he was the highest created being. Mm-hmm. Right. And so imagine that in our life that the thing that we're deceived by yeah. is good. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and well, I, well, I just want to even say when we speak to our kids about the like there's bad people out there, don't, you know, be careful for the bad people. Don't we're setting them up for failure because someone who comes along to deceive a child and kidnap them or anything, they're, they're not bad. dressed like a boogeyman. They're right. nice young men or young yeah. women with candy or with puppies or come to my house and see the rest of it. And so we do a disservice to our kids by talking about the bad man. And I think it's the same in the spiritual in the spiritual realm. And that's why I want to know what everybody's, how they picture him because most of our understandings of Satan are portrayed by media. Mm-hmm. Either cartoons, the Passion of the Christ, uh, even in the church, you know, we we how we talk about the devil and the reality is the Bible describes him as, as an angel of light, mm-hmm. which means he's appealing, right? And so you asked the question of why is there such a discrepancy, and the way that I've always understood it, and I think this is a brilliant tactical warfare. If you want to get behind enemy lines, look like your enemy. Mm-hmm. You're not going to stand out and be like, you know, it's like during the Cold War, you weren't walking around in an American T-shirt going, I'm a spy, right? You <laughs> you learned the language. You learned how to look like an American mm-hmm. and or, or, or Russian or whatever, whoever you're spying for. And Satan is smarter. He actually knows scripture better than we do. Mm-hmm. He quoted it to Jesus. I mean, and that's the thing. And so when we look at that, I think part of the reason why we don't see those things, unless we're in charismatic environments. And some people are like, well, that just shows that it's all made up. No, what it shows is, is the enemy actually has to work that much harder because when you're in the charismatic environment and you believe in the spiritual warfare, you already have suspicious eyes. So Satan doesn't, he can't hide the way he normally would. So those things present themselves more. Uh, yeah, Satan is smart. He has he knows the day you were born as well. <laughs> well, he and doesn't. His demons do because he's not God. You. He doesn't yeah. know everything And yet. they, I do think they know when you're, they're attacking a little kid. What's going to work on a little kid doesn't always work on an adult, yeah. doesn't always work on a man. 
And so they're cunning that 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 sly like they know what they're doing and they'll attack in any way and use any tactic yeah. that they can. Well, well, and so I would agree with you. I think why why become obvious and open if no one if you if you don't believe if people don't believe he exists, he's got everything going for him. But I also think that there is an element that we completely miss because I think almost everyone and I could be overshooting it, but everyone that I talk to and, and, and start getting open with has had some kind of experience that is obviously demonic. Megan having nightmares up to 12, 13 years old. But the difference is we don't talk about those because we yeah. don't want to be labeled as the crazy or people. We don't talk about them as demonic. Right. Yeah, everyone has right. Yes. We explain it away in the natural. There was one time there was a we were staying in a house for a season that was haunted, but no one talked about it. Um and every time I walked through the I we lived on the upper the third floor and the bottom floor was like the meal quarters. And every time I walked through the middle floor, I felt eerie and uncomfortable. Like I would run through the middle, but like if people were around, I would It'd be like, okay. And one night I brought it up and I'm like, does anyone else feel uncomfortable on the second floor? And pretty much everyone was like, oh my goodness, I do too. And so bringing that out to light, well, then in that night when we all decided that, yes, there's a thing, windows were opening and closing on their own. Like it, it was like, you're going to rattle us and like, let us rattle back. Well, and, and, and so I think a clarification here, because this is some Christians struggle with this and I've had many conversations even that word haunting, yeah, that implies it's a ghost. When in reality, what I would say is, sure. one, when we die, the Bible does not say our spirits float around the world haunting people. Yeah. Because that's absolutely. when we think of haunting. However, demonic influence, demonic things can mask those things. I've talked to Christians who one of the ways that Satan masquerades is by using uh, folklore, American Christian or American folklore mm. to deceive. So, for instance, uh, well... My daughter saw the ghost of my dead father. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's be clear. First and foremost, the Bible tells us to stay away from divination. Okay, Leviticus clearly outlines it. So does Deuteronomy. The only time that we have any sense where we see a ghost is in this weird story where King Saul. No, how did that? Well, yeah, yeah. King, so King Saul, he's, he's lost the anointing and Samuel's not, uh, Samuel's not there, the prophet. And so he goes to a witch, the witch of Endor. Dead. Samuel's, Samuel's dead. dead. So he goes to the witch of Endor, which for me, I'm like, Star Wars, rock on, right? <laughs> Endor was where the Ewoks were from. I'm just saying. And he conjures up through this witch, the spirit of Saul. And Saul comes down and is like, why are you bothering me? Leave me alone, <laughs> right? And he basically gives a curse on Saul. And the witch herself is completely mortified. The witch isn't expecting it. Yeah, she's not not expecting it, right? And so here's the thing. As Christians, this is where there's there's a term that I want to use. And it's a theological term, but it it helps us. It's called syncretism. Syncretism means exactly, it means to sync things. A lot of times Christians, because we don't talk about the spiritual world. We don't Mm -hmm. talk about spirituality. We don't talk about demonic warfare. We don't talk about what it means to actually be delivered from the evil one. All of a sudden, we synchronize our religion with folklore or yes. other belief systems. And so I have Christians who are like, well, you know, I, I believe in ghosts. What do you mean you believe in ghosts? Well, I've seen my, I've seen so-and-so. Okay, well, the Bible is our authority, not our experiences. We let scripture interpret our experiences. The Bible actually doesn't say a whole lot about it. Mm-hmm. But what it does tell us is that when we die, nowhere do we get this implication that our bodies, our souls float around through the world. What happened with Saul and the witch of Endor and Samuel? 
I can't explain it. I, it sounds like it was God allowing it, but that's not a normal thing. And so the when you said haunted, and that's what made me bring this up, is we need to clarify that mm-hmm. haunting here doesn't mean dead people. It means yeah. demonic presence. Definitely. And and I think you wonder, uh, Northwestern, where I got, where I went to school, uh, now it's University Northwestern St. Paul. By the way, love that school. Did wonders for me. Shout out to Northwestern. Shout out to Northwestern. <laughs> and my, my professors were there were incredible. So I went to the night program. During the day, they would do chapel, and I wasn't in the student, regular student because I was in my 30s. So that'd be weird, right? <laughs> the 30-year-old walking out with 19-year-olds, that'd be weird. <laughs> and so apparently in chapel, they had this demonic presence that would hang wow. out in the chapel and start ringing bells periodically for no reason. And everybody, they started, they joked about him as the ghost of, I don't remember what the name of the chapel was. And finally, some of the professors got together and just cast it out and it stopped. Yeah. So when you say haunted, I want to make sure that we're not syncing up American folklore or new agey stuff or yeah. his, or Discovery Channel at 11 o'clock at night <laughs> with true ghost stories. We're talking about demonic presences that in fact, I would argue the reason why the demons do that is because they know Americans, some Americans believe in ghosts. Mm. And so they masquerade saying, Absolutely. oh, I'm going to make them think it's this. Definitely. And so that's why we need, we need scripture, but also we have the authority of Jesus. So continue. Was there more to that story? I needed to clarify that because I'm like, she no, said haunting. Let's, I want to make sure that we're all yeah, on the same no, page. That was really good. Oh, there's so much more to that story. Right. Do you have time to tell it, or do you? Do you have time? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, nutshell it. Nutshell it. Yeah. No. That there was a lot um, in those four months that we were there. Multiple things. Um, that was kind of the break. The breaking start, and we we prayed over the house, and we went over the house. But like I said, with that picture, there are times when demonic presence have permission and legal spiritual legal authority to be in a place. And so even just saying the name of Christ, he has power and he has authority. But if there's a reason or a link that that's there, they can stay. Yeah. And so we've even had possession cases where the person that was possessed had made a pact with the devil, had blood packs. This happens a lot even in, around here. That's surprising. There's a lot of spiritual cults wasn't there a sa- Wasn't there a satanic coven or something like that at one point? Or Mason. Or? Mason City is yeah. filled. There's satanic yeah. stuff in there's there. There's like filled. There's satanic stuff in Prayer Lake as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mason is the name Mason comes from a cult. The Masons. Um, well, but but I mean, even like just oh, north of town, wasn't there a coven or something like that that over by what's a coven? That's uh, like a witch. Uh, group. Yeah. Like a group congregation. Like a gathering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Isn't all as Lutherans here? What's a coven? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, when I went it just to, shows how much I don't know. I know. Right? I'm giving give me knuckles. That's awesome. Yeah. When I went to mm. Nyack, shout out to Nyack. <laughs> Bob Goff, hold on. We've done this in every episode. Bob Goff's listening. We really want you to come and hang out with us here at Zion. Um, <laughs> no, there was there were Wiccans that I, I went to school with them, and we uh, during that time when I was at Nyack, actually, my dad went through a spiritual warfare seminar with us that I think he did at Zion yeah, recently. Did. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, 2019 probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah before COVID. Right before COVID. Yeah. So I was very aware of all this, and I was meeting teenagers left and right who. We're making blood packs in these candle ceremonies and the full-blown thing that had demonic issues big time. Yeah, sure. Well, and but, even within Wiccan, so Wiccan is not that people think Wiccan and Satanism are the same thing. They're not. No, Wiccans, there's like like Lutheran and evangelical. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, in in Wicca, in Wicca, Wicca worships the earth, so they worship nature. Sure. So there's not. I've talked to Wiccans and like we don't worship Satan. We mm. believe in we worship nature. Now we as Christians would say, well, that's. 
that's still idolatry that's still demonic and then you have satanism which in itself which we we could do a whole nother when i was in high school i got obsessed with this stuff and i don't know why probably frank peretti in his book that that was probably part of it i mean i remember reading satan seller and then there was this comedian mike warnke who Everybody told everybody he was a satanic high priest and turned out he lied about the whole thing. Uh, but I did all this studying on it because I also had a guy at my school who was a Satanist who threatened to kill me multiple times. Because <laughs> I was like, Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> he's uncomfortable. Because <laughs> I'm like, really? Like, well, one, I was, I've told everybody this. I was a jerk for Jesus. And he and I, he would, oh, he would shit. really get mad at me. And I was proud of it. I was like, yeah, I've got a Satanist who wants to kill me. No, was, he didn't want to kill me because I love Jesus. He wanted to kill me because I was a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real thing. So, all right. So let's let's keep on moving on. So when we talk well, I about- I got to finish that story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Finish the story. Finish the story. It's like, what happened? Um, so then there were, yes, there were the things, I guess some of the big things that happened to you one night, my daughter was sleeping in a room and she got pulled out of her bed. She was like two or three. And she woke up crying and she had like that baby guardrail and had um, that was completely removed. And she was on the floor with a bloody nose. Like, mm. that's not just I like rolled over that. And the presence was so heavy. The demonic presence in that house was so heavy. Um, and over time, we prayed over and we found three objects on the campus that, oh, wow. that as soon as we found them, all of us had like the goosebumps going up your arms and just resonating the word was like evil just coming off of it so we took it out and burnt it and once those were burnt up again like just the release over the place and peace came back so that was that story and i did want to say at the beginning with um peruvian religion that you're saying i got into animism but then when the spaniards conquered they brought catholicism so that's the synchronism that's That's what we see all across that's what made me think of haiti and the voodoo because there's still syncretism that took place yeah so they they say oh we're catholic and everyone would would say they're Catholic, but then you see all of these things. Wear the red scarlet bracelet. Put the black blanket over your kid and everywhere. That's that's the roots of the worship or the the spirit worship. But then it comes out, you know, well, they're Catholic. Is there so. ancestral worship that goes on there too? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. But it's not, you know, they wouldn't say they... It's all mixed up. Yeah. You know? So. And, and that's... We do the same thing here. We just do it differently. Sure. So oh, uh, at one point, I'd love to do a whole podcast on cussing because... People think cussing is saying the F word or the S word or whatever. Mm. When cuss words to God are words like good luck. Mm. Like good luck. That's when we say, oh, you was lucky. We don't, as Christians, we don't believe in luck. Uh, say it's so part of our vocabulary. Yeah. And, but I mean, those are the things when we take God out of our vocabulary and we take God's sovereignty, that's more of a curse word or a cuss word than 90% of the things we say. Wow. And that doesn't mean they're okay to say, but it just shows how screwed up we are in the way we think about what offends God. Wow. Um, just like, I, you know, you say, I hate somebody. What? Yeah. I mean, gee, that, that's a curse word. And so we syncretize in different ways. So when I meet Christians who say things like, oh, I read my horoscope. Uh, or I'm, I'm, I mean, Reiki. there's Reiki. Uh, I've got my crystals. I've got all these things. Those are ways in which we've synchronized. Mm-hmm. We've added new age elements. And here's why I think this exists. And I'd love to hear your guys' thought on this. I think the reason why some Christians do that is because I believe for most people, they are created with the sense that there is something more than just the flesh. Yes. That there is something yes. spiritual. And because the church has done such a poor job of actually talking about the Holy Spirit, about talking about the spiritual world and not, not obsessing over it. I mean, uh, C.S. Lewis said it best. There are two equal and opposite 
reactions that are both destructive. One mm-hmm. is believing Satan is behind every corner mm-hmm. and the other is believing he's not behind any corner. Yeah. And, you know, he's not, Satan's not hiding under a bush going, ha ha, you know, but also if you don't believe he's not there at all, he's one. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's this hunger within especially non-charismatic churches. I think for people in the Lutheran church, Baptist church, um, whatever church, non-denominational, churches that don't talk about the role of the Spirit. And I say the Holy Spirit in this case, because if we have a Holy Spirit, that means there is a spiritual. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those words. So I think they, they're grasping for things like horoscopes. Mm-hmm. They want something that gives them certainty, just like Saul, King Saul, went to the witch of Endor. He wanted certainty. He went to the world way to do it. We do the same thing just in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you, and I'd love to hear it from any, anyone here. What would you say uh, your encounters have been when you think about uh, your own exposure to spiritual, to spirituality? Let's stay away from spiritual warfare for right now. For spirituality, thinking about it in the lens of more than, than we're just more than just flesh. What does that look like? And I'll, I'll start off just so you all understand what I'm talking about. Um, whenever, whenever people would talk about victory, I always thought victory was about me not doing a behavior. And mm. I would try and do it out of my flesh. It was like this willful thing. I had to do it. And then when I'd fail, I'd feel beat up, sad, disappointed. There was never anything outside of me that was part of it. So like last Sunday when we talked about temptation, I always thought the job of temptation was my job to resist. Mm. When in reality, James starts off when he says, no, submit to God and then resist. What allows you to submit to to resist? It's because you've already submitted, right? Mm -hmm. So my first exposure to spirituality, sadly, even though I was in the vineyard for four years, led worship there, saw saw demonic stuff, um, prayed for people. I didn't actually feel like I had spiritual victory until I actually went to Peace Reformed Church in Egan, Minnesota. Of all places, a Reformed church, not wow. a charismatic, wow. was the first time I got introduced to the role of the Holy Spirit. First time someone prayed for me to receive the Holy Spirit. And I felt actual victory through the Spirit, which was a spiritual thing. Does that make sense? So what has been your experience with that? Maybe you haven't had an experience. Maybe you're much like I was where it was just not talked about. There was never any, there's no processing about it. It's kind of a vague, big question, I know. That is. I don't really know if this is uh, answering your question, but one of the things I keep thinking about is like the Holy Spirit's a person. Mm. I mean, a God, but it, a, you know, a person, part of the third Trinity. person of the third person, third person of the Trinity. Yeah, yep. And so, even when we say the Holy Spirit, it it person depersonifies wow. him, yeah. and it makes it seem like this object and not a a counselor or an advocate or, or not a, a person, real, not a real thing. Not a real thing, a real person that I can talk to, a real, you know, part of the Trinity. So for me, I think that's kind of been like Jesus, 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 Jesus. But I don't really, and I know that Jesus and the Holy Spirit are the same, but I didn't really feel like I knew the Holy Spirit. Well, and that's actually the thing. They're not the same. Well, they have different roles. They're different roles. They're same still God, God roles. but it's, yeah. but it's not. And this, this is where we get in. We, we could have a whole nother podcast yeah, on the Trinity, thing. right? Oh, sorry. Even our understanding of when we say Jesus is the same as the Holy Spirit. No, they're both God, but the Holy Spirit is a different person within the Trinity, which is the mystery of God. And so on Sunday, I talked about that we are filled with the Holy Spirit, not Jesus. So you actually aren't asking Jesus into your heart, which is why it's an unbiblical phrase. Wow! (laughs) It's the Holy Spirit who sanctifies us. It's the Holy Spirit who seals us. It's Jesus who saves us. 
And so even our weird language, right? right? Ask Jesus into your heart, takes out the spiritual world and it removes the Holy Spirit because we, well, we know it's Jesus who saved. Yes, but it's the spirit who sanctifies. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of my mentors, Mike Bradley, who is with the LCMC, and I'd love to get him here someday for this to be great. He stopped, he stopped using the article, the definite article, the, and just uses Holy Spirit. So whenever he'll write and he's like, and Jesus said, Holy Spirit, that's his name. And it's like, oh, that's awesome. But I was always taught you have to have the definite article, yeah. the Holy Spirit. Is there another spirit other than the Holy Spirit? I mean, the minute you put holy, that means it's Holy no Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, Meg? What, what are, what's been your, I mean, you were raised, died in the wool Lutheran. Like you came out of the room doing the genuflex and the whole, <laughs> also <laughs> don't know what that is. That's the cross. The sign. Oh, she came oh. out of the room doing the sign of the cross gotcha. and like, you know, doing the confessional. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I It definitely wasn't talked about here a lot at Zion. Like, that was just not really a topic of every sermon by any means. Um, but I don't know, even know when my first, like, experience with it really was. It was always just kind of something I sought after and wanted. Um, I had an interest in it from a young age and read and looked into it. and. Um, I don't know. I just think it has been a gradual progression Mm -hmm. that I've seen things or experienced things. Um, Peru is definitely different from here, but I had seen some things in Haiti as well. I don't know. It's a culmination of things that has, I can't think of one specific time where I was like, oh, this is different. Can I share a couple other things now that she shared? Yeah, please go ahead. So, you know, one of the things that we talk about in Alpha um, a lot is... And what's Alpha for those who are listening? Alpha is just a really great program that we offer here. It's actually international, but it's it's for people who have questions or doubts or just new or just new to faith or just need a... Just, there's things they don't know you want to know. And so often there's a section, there's a, a week on evil. And so often people can... They, they don't buy into that there's a God, but they... Until they... And go, oh, yes, I know for sure there's evil. I've seen evil. I know evil, evil exists. Yeah. If evil exists, then probably there's this other spiritual side, too. So that was one thing I was kind of thinking about because yeah. that, that really has highlighted to me a lot. And then the other thing is just working in public safety. I was going to ask you about I that. Yeah. Never, never in my entire career working in public safety did I think this is demonic. But now, now I go back and go, Oh my goodness, this is demonic. Literally, uh, recently, um, I said to my husband, well, did you cast the demons out of a call that he was on? Wow. And um, yeah, so I would approach that so differently now. But I mean, I had 15, 20 years where even though I saw demonic behavior, I didn't identify it as demonic. I I identified it as criminal or mental health. Yeah, And it could be mental health. Very well, but it could be rooted in demonic. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, it does... Well, and this is part of the reason why I think this is a helpful podcast is I I want people that are listening, if you're listening to this, regardless of where you are, for some of you, this might be new. For some of you, like this is an entirely new world. And maybe there are elements of this that are weird or freaky to you. Um, Others of you might be listening to this going, oh, yeah, it's about time someone's talking about it, right? I think what, what the church can do and we can do as Zion, when we take spiritual warfare seriously, but our real victory is in Jesus. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the thing is our victory has already been won. Mm-hmm. And we're not operating trying to win the war. The war's already been won, but the battles are still waging. It's the difference between V-Day and D-Day. Mm-hmm. Jesus, the death on the cross resurrection was D-Day. 
Like literally, it was the day that the beaches of Normandy got stormed. Now we're waiting for Jesus to return to declare final victory so the war is completely over. So until then, Satan is going to do everything he can to take as many people down. And one of the ways he does that is through deception and making you think there's nothing evil going on in the world, nothing evil in Clear Lake. I mean, we live in Clear Lake. It's a beautiful city. Uh, the book of Daniel there talks about the prince of Persia. Uh, the angel of the Lord gets hung up trying to come to Daniel. And Daniel's like, where were you? And he's like, well, I got caught up in a battle. You know, you know how it is. I got to call it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so here we are, we're coming to this. Uh, Bethany, I got to tell you, I wish we had more time. And this is part of what's funny is we're here and I, we, I just got the sign to wrap up. We try to keep this for about an hour. These are meant to be good conversations. And even though we're recording this before the message and this will play after the message, I'm excited to hear how God's going to use you. I get the privilege of leading worship yeah. on Sunday, yes. which is going to be great. Awesome. Um, and so I got to tell you, Bethany, we're so blessed to be partnering with Genesis. I noticed I took out Genesis. I took off the word Nuevo because I thought they were, I thought it was, I thought that was the name of the church, Genesis Nuevo. Because every time I heard it, I heard Genesis Nuevo. And I'm like, oh. Like, no. Yeah. So now it's Genesis. It's like, it's like their tagline. Yeah. <laughs> power for the journey. Yeah. Ours is a new beginning. Yeah. Nuevo. Yeah. See, I was right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you think because I grew up next to Mexico in San Diego that I'd speak Spanish? I know Taco Bell, tortilla, burrito. Those are all. That's what, and you I know. Don't have that in Peru. I also that's know some bad words not I'm Peru. not allowed to say. You mean there's not a Taco Bell no, in Peru? No, we don't. Every time we come up here, people take Nelson to Mexican food, and he's like, I. That would be like taking you guys out for fish and chips. And Eat this food. This is just as foreign to me as like, <laughs> but also still delicious. Oh, still. he would argue. He argue yeah. So I would. Sorry. Next time you're up, I would love to do another podcast just talking about what's going on at Genesis. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, I got it. May and Jennifer, this is. It's been so fun uh, having this conversation. This is a little bit different style of podcast than oh, we've wow. had so far. Um. Here's ultimately, if you could leave with one big thing that you want everybody listening to know when it comes to uh, mm. dealing with spiritual warfare, victory in Christ, spiritual authority, what would it be? One one big thing. Yeah, I think that, you know, today, like for Jennifer and other people, this is opening a whole new world. And that's, you know, we need to know that this world exists. We need to know that it's real. But the big thing, Jesus gave his disciples authority over the demonic world. We have authority over it. But I think the big takeaway take would be, um, I'm going to just say Luke 10, 18. Um, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I gave, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. So he's saying you have authority over everything. But then he says that, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you. They're going to submit to you and they're going to go and they're going to tremble and my three-year-old, he casts demons out of his bedroom, okay? Like, they'll submit in the name of Jesus. But he's like, don't, that's not the thing to get that's excited about. And he says, do not rejoice that they submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So we keep the main thing, the main thing. These are right. great discussions. We need to know it's real. We need to be equipped. We need to, like you said, 20 years in public service. I wish I knew some of these things. It will just approach life and live differently. But the main thing is our names are written in heaven. Yeah. Keep and the so, first things first. Yes. That would be my, that's really my takeaway for, for this conversation. That's awesome. 
you know, I, I also want to give a plug for this and, and then we'll end it here. Um, we also want to be careful not to assume that all mental illnesses are demonic. Yeah, correct. And there are some things that are physical. And I've seen a lot of hurt come when mm-hmm. you have somebody who genuinely is struggling with uh, schizophrenia, um, manic depression, bipolar, and someone, a Christian comes in and they immediately just assumes it's demonic. Now, here's the deal. Still pray for it. And maybe it is. But I think it's so, we have to be so wise in how we approach that because you can bring a lot of shame. Mm-hmm. And especially in the church, there's so much negative stigma when it comes to mental health issues. And I would never come up to somebody with a broken bone and be like, that's Satan, <laughs> right? Uh, I'd still pray for healing. Uh, on the flip side, there are some things, just like Jennifer said, there are some instances where we might assume it's purely material, it's purely a mental health issue, when maybe there is something demonic. And as Christians, we get the privilege and the honor to walk in both worlds. Mm-hmm. We actually get to pray in the name of Jesus, but and ask for permission. And you might have, I remember praying with a guy with schizophrenia and uh, he would tell me, he actually, he, he came to our men's discipleship. This is at Community of Hope up in Rosemount. He came to several of our men's discipleship nights and I hadn't seen him for a while. And I remember the first time I saw him, he, he told me, he's like, you know, you need to see. And he described like this giant light coming out of the floor and there were demons coming out. And I was like, oh wow. And I didn't know he was schizophrenic. He came up to me, he was gone a couple months, came back the next, a few months later and said, hey, I just gotta tell you, I've been battling schizophrenia. I was off my medication. And and I said, man, I, I'm so glad you're here. Just know we love you. And he was like, I, I'll take prayer. There was still prayer that took place. Um, but for him, it was schizophrenia. He loved Jesus, absolutely loved Jesus. And so there really is, I think, again, we could do an entirely different podcast on that. But I, I want to make sure I, this has to be said, especially in our world today. Mental health issues are not always demonic, but not all mental health is mental health. Yeah, definitely both. Yeah. So it's living in that tension of both and knowing that freedom, Jesus uses different ways to bring freedom. His name will always free people that want freedom mm-hmm. uh, in the name of Jesus. And for mental health issues, we have great counselors, we have medicine, we have wonderful therapies, and we have Jesus still. And God can heal and God can do all those things. So with that being said, my name is Jason. I'm Bethany. I'm Megan. Jennifer. (laughs) Not singing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. If you found this helpful, encouraging, do us a favor. Um, One, share it with somebody else. Um, But also we'd love to hear your feedbacks and comments. Now I had mentioned this uh, two weeks ago. Uh, We are looking at doing a podcast where we just answer your questions. So if you have any questions that you want to have, submit them. And we're going to do a podcast where literally we're just going to answer questions as best as we can. And uh, it is such a privilege to have you, Bethany. Can't wait for Sunday. Well, people listening to this. Last Sunday was awesome. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in. Hey, uh, make Jesus famous. Thank you so much for being a part of today. Yes. Thank you for listening to the Breakthrough Breakdown, a Zion podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Music, and check out the Zion app. Share this episode with your friends so they can tune in as well. We'll be back next Wednesday with another installment of the Breakthrough Breakdown.